0: Team USA is out at the World Cup, heading to the bronze medal game against Canada. Why is Team USA gone? Uh, Well, not entirely because of Franz Wagner, but he had a big part in it. Why Franz Wagner continues to show he can be a star if he wants to. Let's get to that and more on today's Locked
1: On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Lockdown Magic today is September 8th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossmannike. I'm the expert and site editor over at Orlando You can just follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, Franz Wagner and Germany take down the United States in the FIBA World Cup. It'll be Germany versus Serbia. For the gold medal and the title of world champion, undisputed title of world champion. I don't know. The U.S. will be in the bronze medal game against Canada. We'll get to everything that happened in the game, plus how Franz Wagner can be a star. We're going to talk all about all star bids on the Orlando Magic coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com to get started today. We're going to dive into why the U.S. lost uh, this game against Germany um, in our second segment. So we'll 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 put our U.S. focus, our put our put our U.S. hats on um, in a little bit, a little bit later on in the show. So I, I don't want to neglect that because what we saw Friday morning uh, between the Germany and the United States was a really competitive and a really fun game. Just just straight out, just a fun and competitive game. It, it was. Uh, It was just a back-and-forth affair between two offenses operating perhaps at their highest levels, at at the peak of what they are capable of doing. Um, Look, the U.S. and Germany have probably been the two best teams in this entire tournament, all respect to Canada, all respect to Lithuania. Um, Everyone, I think, anticipated a U.S.-Germany final, and when the U.S. lost Lithuania, That obviously threw a wrench into a lot of those plans and we got it in, in the semifinal instead. This was a game that we saw in a friendly that was extremely competitive with Germany showing and proving that yes, they can compete and yes, they can defeat the United States of America's team as well. So we'll get into why the U.S. lost and maybe some lessons as Team USA prepares for the Summer Olympics in Paris. They've qualified for that already, so no need to be too freaked out about things but um we'll talk about some of the weaknesses there but the main headline for Orlando Magic fans and, and maybe for the world is that yeah Franz Wagner's pretty good um, i don't know if y'all have heard of him you know maybe you know and maybe i'm talking to the wrong audience but Franz Wagner's pretty good uh, and you know a lot of the narrative that we've seen from the american media has been gushing over Anthony Edwards. I so guess what? Gush over. Him. He is fantastic. He is awesome. Shea Gildas Alexander has been awesome and fantastic and looks ready to build on an all-NBA season for the Oklahoma City Thunder this year. The World Cup, and these national teams especially, are an opportunity for a lot of young players to take another leap, to gain another step of confidence, to gain either a new skill or just make us believe another level is possible. You know, we've talked about it a lot with Paolo Bancaro. Even though Paolo Bancaro is not the star of Team USA, he's turned a lot of heads with his defense and his willingness to be adaptable and to be versatile and to, to do things that a lot of us, even us who are big fans of his and watch him every game, did not think was possible for him. The World Cup, these international competitions, World Cup, the Olympics, zero Eurobasket, whatever it is, the Olympic qualifying tournaments when we get to them next summer, um, all of these events give a big stage in pressure games, especially to young players looking to prove themselves. We knew Luka Doncic was going to be the real deal because he dominated Eurobasket before he drew, he came to the NBA uh, and, and was, you know, besides the MB, MVP of Euro, EuroLeague, he dominated Eurobasket leading Slova- helping Slovenia along with Goran Dragic to a Eurobasket title. Winning matters, obviously, but seeing how these young players perform on a big stage against elite competition, it matters, even at the FIBA level. And as all these guys prepare to come back to their NBA teams, they're going to take all these lessons home. And so for Franz Wagner, like last summer with Eurobasket, this has been a step up for him. This has been a big stage, and certainly, the way, certainly if Germany wins the gold medal over Serbia on Sunday, we absolutely should be talking about Franz Wagner on a different level than we were talking about him before this tournament. Look, I don't need to tell Magic fans. If, if you're If you're a Magic fan, I'm not saying anything that you probably don't already know or you're not already like nodding your head like, yep, 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 yep. If you're not a Magic fan, uh, and if, or if you're a German fan, you probably are agreeing with with everything we've been saying about Franz. Because outside of Germany, there's probably no bigger Franz Wagner fans than Orlando Magic fans. <laughs> like we we will we will carry that Franz Franz banner as far and as wide as we need to carry it. We will shout from the mountaintops how good Franz Wagner is, because that's what this tournament is doing. Yes, Franz has only played in three games because of the ankle injury in that first game against Japan. He had a pretty at least scoring-wise, mid-first game. But I, I remember watching it thinking, like, Franz has just been cruising, man. He's just been killing it. He doesn't need to shoot. Um, against Latvia, he was integral to them winning that game and advancing, and certainly against the United States, Franz Wagner was a key player in the win. Franz Wagner's final stat line. And we're going to go a little bit over here on our first segment. uh, So apologize to to the ad read here. Uh, Franz Wagner, 22 points, 7 for 18 shooting, 3 for 10 from beyond the arc, 5 for 6 from the foul line, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, uh, a steal in 34 minutes. Did have 3 turnovers, so we'll we'll mention that very, very briefly. This was, and he had 14 of those, 14 of his 24 at the half. I believe he had 18 um, after three quarters. Franz Wagner, had a fantastic game, a game that very clearly still could have been a lot better. And he was key to Germany building out a 10-point lead and holding the lead for much of that game. Obviously, the game, the way Germany runs their offense, everything ran through Dennis Schroeder at the end of the games. And, and and you know, everyone was screaming at the end of the Latvia game to make sure Franz got the ball. And, and there were a lot of possessions where you're like, just make sure Franz gets a touch, even if it's just a token touch. The more Franz has the ball in his hands, the better. And that's that's really where the delineation comes. We've seen Franz take steps up. He's more willing to take threes and difficult threes that we know he can hit. Um, finding the right balance of when to take those threes and when not to take those threes is certainly still a part of the debate and part of the question for, for Franz. But we know he is capable of taking and making tough shots. And now he's more willing to do it. We saw him rebound at a higher level during this tournament. We've seen him rebound at a higher level during this tournament. Franz Wagner can be as good as he wants to be. And I know I'm not saying anything that Magic fans certainly don't already know. We believe he can be an all-star. We believe he can reach that level, that pinnacle, that growth. And as much as we're all very, very excited about Paolo, which we should be, Paolo is very, very good, Franz Wagner is still probably the best player on this team today. The question that Franz Wagner faces this season, and especially coming out of this World Cup, is how good does Franz Wagner want to be? Because ultimately, that's that's the question. Because Franz Wagner is very good; he could do exactly what he did a sophomore year: eighteen points per game, um, you know, shooting percentage shooting percentage in the upper forties for a high volume player. 38% three-point shooting, you know, 80-plus 80 80 plus percent from the foul line. Franz Wagner could do all of that and be fine. Like, he's he'd be a great player, an all-star level player at that. But I think we all believe he can be a little bit more. I think we all believe that he can take his game to another level. And for Germany, we see him do it time and time and time again, only to come back to that comfort zone of where he's at. Being a star in this league, and, and, and this is the reason why I think people think Paolo is a star and maybe Franz isn't. Being a star in this league is not just about talent. At this point, Franz Wagner is sort of like DeMar DeRozan. Very good player, puts up a lot of numbers, does help your team win, even though sometimes people debate it. I don't think anyone debates that Franz helps your team win. Franz helps your team win. Um, but maybe doesn't get all the way over the hump to this is the guy we can build our team around. And maybe Franz won't get over that hump either. But Franz Wagner can be an all-star. Franz Wagner can be a perennial all-star, a multi-time all-star, an every-year all-star. I think that's what perennial means. Uh, He could be a guy that this Magic team leans on and builds around alongside Paolo Bancaro because he's such a great passer and such a great shooter as well. And Franz, frankly, doesn't have to do that much more. It's really just more about an attitude, a swagger. Being a star is not just about talent. Being a star is also the way you carry yourself, the way you impress yourself on a game, the way you know your team needs a basket and you make sure you get it. Or everyone on the team is looking for you to get it. Paolo Carroll has that it factor. That's why the Magic took him over Jabari Smith. And, And again, nothing that we saw his rookie year would dissuade us that that's not who Paolo is. Paolo, Paolo is going to be a star. He's going to be an all-star. Might be this year. Certainly next year, we would hope that he's an all-star. Franz Wagner can be that way too. And it's not, you know, I don't think he's selfish. I don't think he's going to fight Paolo for anything. But sometimes Franz has got to be a little a little bit selfish too and say, hey, get me the ball in this spot. I will score. I will carry the team. I will get that basket that we need. Frankly, if we're talking about how this Magic team needs to level up, that's where it starts. It starts with Franz Wagner. Um, I've retired my Steve Francis factoid. Paolo Bencarell is now the last non center to average 20 points per game in a Magic uniform, only to bring this new factoid that I will probably repeat numerous times this season. The Atlanta Magic have not had two players average 20 points per game in the same season since Shaq and Penny in 1996. Paolo and Franz are going to break that. Probably this year. That's how good both of those guys are. And the question for the Orlando Magic and the question for Franz Wagner is just how good does Franz want to be? Because that dude can do it all. He beat the freaking US in basketball. That dude can do it all. And he just has to do it. We're going to talk a little bit about Team USA since we're U.S. based. We'll talk about Team USA, what Paolo showed us in Friday's game as well. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word for our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL season is here. Thursday saw the opening kickoff of the year with the Detroit Lions defeating the Kansas City Chiefs. Check out Locked On Lions and Locked On Chiefs for more on that. But we got a full slate of games on Sunday to get the season really going, so check out America's number one sports book, FanDuel with amazing, incredible offers to get you ready for the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you will not want to miss. FanDuel as an official partner of the NFL.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date.
0: So, you know, we've, we've obviously spent a lot of time talking about U- Team USA. We are a U.S.-based podcast, so we're not going to shy away that, that that you know, as much as we love Franz and, and, and Mo, and Mo Vager also had a very good game, um, as much as we love those guys, a little, little disappointed that Team USA is not playing for the gold uh, and, and did not accomplish uh, at least the ultimate goal of winning the FIBA World Cup. Uh, the U.S. has not won the FIBA World Cup since 2014 at this point. So, been a, been a while, been a little bit. Um... Look, uh, I, I am a wholehearted believer that this team was capable of winning. And, and look, they lost one thirteen to one eleven to Germany. Um, two point game. It was a tight game. Uh, late in the fourth quarter, they're down by three when when uh, when Opst hit that crazy shot, hit that big shot in the corner off the inbound. Um, that kind of unraveled the U.S. and made it a six point game, I believe. Uh, they cut it down to, to to a single possession again. Dennis Schroeder hit a big shot. Um, the U.S. just they they didn't have the juice to get all the way back in. Credit goes to Germany. They are the better team. They've been the best team in this tournament as much as all of us have probably not wanted to admit that, um, especially with Franz out. Like I said in in, in a podcast a couple days ago, um, the way Germany plays is, is how the Magic need to play. You know, you have your two pillars, you have your two stars, and then someone fills in everywhere else. You know, in this game, it was Daniel Tice who had 21 points. It was... Um, oh, it was Opst who had a am on his first name. I, let me let me get his first name. Let me let me let me give him the credit of, of getting his first name here. Um, it was uh, Andreas Opst with 24 points, four for eight shooting from beyond the arc. You know, Dennis Shooter had 17. Um, guys just found ways to fill in, uh, and, and like that's that's how the Magic want to play. And you know, frankly, that's kind of where the U.S. went a little haywire. Is. Yeah, they got big scoring efforts from Anthony Edwards and Macal Bridges, but you know, the, the, both the advantage and disadvantage of team USA is they have a bunch of guys who can score, but they don't always know where their scoring is going to come from. And, you know, when the U S enters these tournaments, they have a talent advantage. Like they go deeper than everyone else. And, you know, Germany is a deep team. Like they go nine deep, they're quality players. Um, but the U S has the NBA level talent that should overwhelm a lot of these teams. If they're committed to, playing defense, if they're committed to to a high-energy type of game because, you know, they can keep everybody fresh in a way that everyone else can. And typically, you know, you see this, you saw this in this tournament, the U.S. would usually find a way to blow teams out with their second units. The, mat- the starting group for the U.S. this year sucked. Like, play, or plain and simple. Jalen Brunson, Mikhail Bridges, Anthony Edwards, uh, I'm blanking on who else started, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, Josh Hart, you know, Josh Hart and Braden Ingram flipped, flipped at a certain point. That starting group just struggled every game, put the US in a hole every game. And the bench unit led by Austin Reeves, led by Tyrese Halbert, led by Paolo Vancaro, did a great job getting the US back in the games, giving them a lead, and giving them some momentum and, and, and some energy to move forward. Um, that's just not sustainable when teams start tightening the rotations. Uh, And then you meet a team like Germany or a team like Lithuania who gets hot from beyond the arc that has a little bit of depth and and, and can compete a little bit with you. Like, that's going to be the problem in the bronze medal game against Canada. Uh, You know, Canada is a team that can run with the U.S. a little bit. I did not think Germany could run with the U.S., but the U.S. also did not put up any barriers to stop Germany in this game. At the end of the day, the, the two games that the U.S. lost really dug into this group's weaknesses. We knew... The U.S. were the favorites to win the tournament. We knew the U.S. had every opportunity to win this tournament, should have won this tournament, should have expected to win this tournament. But we knew this was a flawed team. We knew this team could get beat. We knew this team could lose games. You know, we knew this group wasn't perfect. And that's okay. Like, that's fine that they're not perfect. Um, But those weaknesses came to the forefront in the two losses. It was really poor interior defense. Jonas Valanciunas, Daniel Tice, both had a field day in the paint. The U.S. were scrambling to defend the paint. They tried switching and like both Germany and Lithuania just ate up those switches. Both teams attacked Austin Reeves and, and look, Austin Reeves just had a great tournament. Defensively, he got exposed a ton. Like this is the physicality, the emphasis on no post play. I think I saw a stat that uh, the U.S. faced more post-ups in this tournament than any team in the in the league, in, in the tournament. Uh, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. was kind of exposed a little bit as a defender, to be perfectly honest. He is not a great one-on-one defender. He is not a great rebounder, and the U.S. was constantly covering for that. Honestly, like, the mo- like to say this, the most impressive thing about Paolo Bancaro was that he looked really good defensively. It was a team, though, that did not play good defensively because not only was the interior defense really poor, the perimeter defense was shaky too. You know, Jalen Brunson wasn't great defending pick and rolls. Anthony Edwards had some really good defensive moments, but was inconsistent defending pick and rolls. Um, the U.S.'s lack of size ultimately burned them. They had to pre-rotate to account for that. That left open threes, and that's where Lithuania and Germany really torched this U.S. team. Again, a lot of these flaws were known. The U.S. knew they were not bringing a big team over. They knew that they had size disadvantages and they believed that they could scramble around enough, force enough turnovers, um, you know, force, get enough rebounds to counteract that. They were going to embrace their speed, their athleticism, their versatility and run with it. Well, you know, that certainly is a great idea. And, 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 you know, I, honestly, I think Paolo Bancaro did his part. He blocked shots. He defended decently. Well, maybe not the greatest help side defender, but he took major steps defensively in this tournament. Uh, I, I, just like I'm very excited about what Franz showed us, I'm very excited about what Paolo's bringing back home to the Magic. Um, you know, I, I think he ha- I think he's had a great tournament. I, I hope I hope he has a great game against Canada. Just one one more solid game. Um, you know, just uh, again a confident game more than anything else. You know, you look at Paolo and actually six points, one for four shooting in this game, four for four from the foul line, two rebounds, three assists, a block, plus six, plus minus. You know, was one of the better. You know. The U.S. won the minutes that he was in, like that's that. And in a close game, that's that's all you can ask for. Jalen Brunson was minus nineteen. McHale Bridges, despite a really strong seventeen-point performance, minus eight. Team USA. What made Team USA successful in two thousand eight uh, was their their defense. They defended like maniacs. They p- applied pressure the entire game. This group did not do that. And, and at the end of the day, where the U.S. makes up its advantages and, and the U.S.'s strength is their athleticism and their versatility. And they did not do that. Like, just plain and simple, they did not do that. Um, They did not play to their strengths. They got beat up on the interior for that reason. Uh, And that gummed up their offense. You know, their best offense was Tyrese Halliburton getting the ball and going, uh, and Paolo running the wings, and Austin Reeves running the wings. That was their best offense. And, you know, this was a young group. Um, none of them had FIBA, excuse me, none of them had FIBA experience before. Um, and so I think that played a role too. Yes, The world is better. And, and this was not, clearly not the best team the U.S. could have sent. But they were still very capable of winning this thing. And so ultimately when I think Great Hill does his, you know, autopsy on, on this group, there will be a lot of good ideas that I think they should keep. Playing small was not a bad idea. Um there there were good ideas there. They just need more size. Like they need they need, just needed a little bit more size that they could rely on. You know, Bobby Portis and Walker Kessler. Portis was okay. Kessler did not look ready for this this stage. I saw some people saying, like, I, I don't understand why he didn't play Kessler and Jackson together. And I think there's a point to that. Um, but Kessler got manhandled in that Lithuania game in the real first real minutes that he got in this tournament uh, and, and, and did not look ready for it. You're, like, you're looking, at, looking at rookies who look ready. Paolo looked ready. Walker Kessler did not. And that's no offense to Walker Kessler. He's a very good player. He's going to have a good sophomore year for the Utah Jazz. Um, this team was too young. And obviously heading into the Olympics next year in, in Paris, we're expecting some veterans to come back. Jason Tatum, Devin Booker probably coming back. Jalen Brown might be coming back. Um, I hope they bring Marcus Smart. Um, I would assume Bam Adebayo might be back with the group as well, which would give the t- team uh, a much more natural player at center. You know, perhaps to play alongside Jaron Jackson Jr. Perhaps not. Um, you know, put Jaron Jackson Jr. back in the shot-blocking role that he plays for Memphis, which I think he's he's much better at um, the help side, help side roller role. Um, this, I don't view this tournament as a failure. I, I just want to put that out there. It's certainly disappointing. I don't view it as a. It's only a failure if they don't win on Sunday. Get a, they got to get a medal, um, but there's clearly a lot that this team knew. They, this team made a couple bets and a couple gambles, and they ended up losing those gambles. That's that's ultimately what happened. And so now we look ahead to Paris. Maybe you get Joel Embiid. That fixes a lot of problems. I think um, he'd be he'd be great for this group. Um, I hope that they do carry over a lot of players from this team. Um, and, and have some continuity as you add maybe some of the bigger guns for uh, for, for the Olympics. Um, and, you know, I, I, I do think that the program is heading in a really good direction, to be perfectly honest. Um, we'll close today's show out, talk about our big question, and that is about all-star bids and why those are important to the team's development as we put the World Cup behind us a little bit and start looking ahead to the start of next season. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: So, we talked about Franz Wagner um, being an all-star, potentially having all-star potential, and and you know it's. The all-star thing is weird. Um, and and I'll, I'll admit this. Like, I know how Orlando Magic fans feel. Um, you know, Magic fans are no different than a lot of small markets. They feel overlooked. They feel ignored. They feel like, you know, everyone kind of looks past us a little bit. And so having a player on the all-star team really does matter because it, it forces, for however long they're on the all-star, uh, however long they're on the court, it forces everyone in the basketball world to look at our players. Say like, oh, That Franz Wagner kid's actually pretty good if, if, if we tried, you know, you know, we went back to the rookie game and said, oh, we're going to get Paolo versus Franz. This could be a great chance for them to showcase themselves. And, you know, Paolo kind of took it easy. Uh, Franz had a really good run, but you know, that, 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 you know, Jose Alvarado was the one that wanted to win MVP. And so he won MVP. Um, that's, that's how that game goes. The all-star game is a little bit different. Um, and it's obviously a bigger showcase, bigger audience and, and all that. Um, but more than that, it, it's it's about status in the league. You don't get to be an all-star if you're on a losing team unless you're Tracy McGrady, um which you know, unless you're just so good like Tracy McGrady is that wasn't supposed to be an insult on Tracy. Tracy's the best. Um, you have to be incredibly good to be an all-star on a losing team. Um, and so having one of your players in the all-star game is essentially the league or the coaches in that sense, if they're if uh, if you're voting bench players is the coaches saying, hey, we recognize that you and your team are having a good season. And so, you know, we've talked a little bit about it here. Today, especially, we talked, Franz Wagner can reach an all-star level, can can be an all-star caliber player. Paolo Bancaro had a historic rookie season last year. He can be an all-star level player. He can be an all-star caliber player. We see that. We see all of that. But the question is, then, are they going to get there? Um, because at, at this juncture in their development, at this juncture in the Magic's development as a team, being an All-Star is a team award. Yes, we expect Paolo to average 20 a game and do all this, and Franz to at least flirt with 20 a game. And, you know, this team is really, really balanced. We'll have Wendell probably at 15, 16 points per game. Mark Hell will hopefully be at 15, 16 points per game. Cole Anthony may be at 14 a game, like, There's going to be a lot of weapons on this team, but Paolo and Franz are clearly the guys. They're clearly the guys that this team wants to build around. And so getting an all-star bid is not merely just about their excellence and how good they've been. It's about the Magic as a team getting respect and, and, and gaining respect around the league. Getting the attention of like, oh, this team is good. Let's reward that team as part of the story of the season. That's really what all-star bids are about. And, and obviously there's a little bit of a confidence boost. You know, you get those guys get to get to hang with the creme, the creme de la creme. You know, like Paolo talked about it at all-star weekend last, last year. He got to hang out with Durant. He got to ha- got to meet Carmelo Anthony. Like those are really influential people in his playing, career, playing life. Uh, and, you know, Palo worked out with Jason Tatum, worked out with Kevin Durant this offseason. Like he's he is in that group of guys. And you know, whether you want to admit it or not, um, honestly, like one of the reasons why Dwight Howard was not able why the Magic weren't able to get a second star was because Dwight Howard wasn't one of those guys. Like, like those friendships matter. Um, they cut both ways, obviously, but um being part of the crew, being part of that upper level of the fraternity. It's important. And certainly, you're not winning a championship if you don't have all-star players. If you don't have guys who are capable of being all-stars who aren't in the all-star game. Again, winning breeds that a little bit too. And so, this season we're not obsessing over either player making the all-star team. You want Paolo to be among the, at the very least, you want Paolo and Fran to be among the snubs. Because um, they should be playing well enough that they at least get serious consideration. And And there are maybe campaigns to get get those guys in in there. Um, and hopefully the Magic are doing well enough that that those campaigns uh get some traction. But it's really about status. And about saying to the rest of the league, like, hey, we're players that matter and we're a team that matters. It's extra, it's superfluous. It's not the most important thing in the world. But it can be Vital to the team's growth and development. And that is the ultimate question for this Magic team as they try to take their next steps and grow and develop. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can of course find me on Twitter at Philip underscore omd Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. you your tune in to Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun podcasts to your podcast. Enable, listen, advice. latest on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can go find us on Twitter there, at Daily. Be sure to check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub, as well. Um, we'll be back again on Sunday afternoon to recap the final day of the FIBA World Cup. We'll get a bronze medal game. We'll get a gold medal game. I will probably watch the gold medal game live and the bronze medal game on delay. And, and then we will chat about those two games. So expect the pod to post around this time, 4 o'clock in the afternoon or so. Um, you know, perfect timing to once once uh, the early NFL games are done. But until then, for Orlando Magic daily and Locked Magic, this has been Philip Ross from Mike. We'll see y'all again next time for another episode of Lockdown Magic.